All right. Who's fired up today? I'm fired up. I want to tell you why. I went to the crew Wednesday night. Some of you are saying, what's the crew? Some of you know what the crew is. That's our student environment, and it is popping on Wednesday night. I want to brag on our student pastor, Ray, his wife, Vanessa, leading the charge. I want to brag on every leader that is an, an adult and every leader that's a student. You guys are killing it. And I can, I'm telling you, that building's not big enough. That building is not big enough to contain you guys and the momentum that you're experiencing. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. So, Navar, put your hands together. Gulf Breeze, put your hands together. Now, I love students. I love students. I had the privilege to be in student ministry for, for quite a while. And I love students, man. There's nothing better than watching students catch on fire for God. Buddy, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. I know a couple things about students. I know they love hanging out with their friends. I know they love food. And if you're a parent with teenagers, you know that to be true. In fact, you can't keep groceries in the house, can you? I mean, like, you just go shopping, and all of a sudden, their friends come over. And in 15 minutes, they do more damage than termites, man. That food is G-O-N-E, gone. Gone. I, I know students love food. I know they love fun. And we want to point them towards faith in Jesus Christ. But here's one thing I know and I love about students. They love sugar. I'm talking about the candy kind. They love candy. They love candy. When I was a teenager, I remember someone giving me a piece of candy. And they're like, man, dude, you got you to gotta, you gotta try this, man. They didn't call me Pastor Tim back then. They called me. Well, we won't talk about it. I'll save that for my counselor. Um, and so they gave me this piece of candy. And they're like, man, you got to try this. And I'd never heard of this candy before. It's called Warheads. I want you to get one right now. Every campus, I want you to get a Warhead. Right now, everybody, I want you to get a Warhead. Because that's the title of the talk today. That's the title of the message is Warhead. We're going to talk about it as we're in this series, Fit. This brand new series we've started. We've been talking about getting fit. And say it with me now. You know it. Whole is the... Say it one more time. Whole is the... Now, some of you, maybe you're not with us. And you're like, I'm not. what are you talking about? Whole is the goal. I'm glad you asked. I want to explain it to you. Whole is the goal. We're talking about getting fit. And fit doesn't just mean physically. It means mentally, as we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about mental grit. I say mental, you say grit. Mental, mental, mental. You got it. We're going to talk about mental grit. But getting whole is bigger than just losing your belly. Right? I mean... There's no perfect people here. Can I, can I just be honest? We just be honest, all right? I know sometimes I say things that are shocking from time to time. I just ask for your forgiveness ahead of time. But what guy wants man boobs? I mean, right? Like, what guy? I just woke some of you up. In church? No way. Did he just say that? Yes, I did. I mean, what guy wants that, right? And so there comes a time when every guy looks in the mirror and says, 
I don't think that's right. And that will motivate a man to get in the gym. That will motivate a man <laughs> to put the fork down and put the tennis shoes on and get in the gym and go after it. How many guys know what I'm talking about? I thought it'd be quiet about right there. <laughs> As I, I don't know what you're talking about, priest. I don't know what you're talking about, man. We got to get fit. But it's not just a physical thing. It's a mental thing. And it's not just a mental thing. It's a relational thing. Because you can look like all that in a bag of chips. I mean, you can go to the gym and other dudes are like, wow. Like, they can watch you rack the weights. And they're looking at their one plate. And they're like, yeah, I think I'm moving. I just, just think I'm going to go to the back of the gym where no one can see me. I mean, you can be big and strong, but being big and strong physically is not enough if you're weak mentally. And if you're strong physically, and maybe you're strong mentally, that's awesome, but it's still not the complete pie. Whole is the goal. It means getting all of our relationships in line. And then spiritually. Because God doesn't want you. God doesn't call you. God doesn't call me to be good. God calls us to be godly. And if I shout out to the men real quick, listen, you're only strong as your faith. Because if you trust, if you lean, if you rest in physical strength, what do you do when you get sick? What do you do? So we believe that God is calling us all, men and women, students, and we even believe our children, that God is calling us to be whole. Because whole is the, so we're going to bring it all in line. How many got the warheads by now? Do you got it? How many got a warhead? All right. We did this talk, not this talk, but we did a talk, uh, I think when we were about a year and a half old. And I was preaching through the book of James. And we were preaching on, on anger. And so I had this great idea. And the idea, <laughs> the idea I was like, you know what, let's give everyone like a fireball. You know what I'm talking about? The red, hot, atomic, holy cow, my mouth's on fire. Can I take it out now? Yeah, we did that. And I had the bright idea that I would do it with you as I preached. Someone say bad idea. Bad idea. I made it. <laughs> Buddy, I was on fire. I was on fire, man. It was like, woo. So, so here's what we're going to do. What, what kind do you have? I got watermelon. I got what? What kind do you got? Who's got watermelon? Who's got raspberry? Anybody got blueberry? Anybody got another kind? Black cherry. Yeah, I got you. Awesome. So let's, let's put it in our mouth together. Y'all pray for me. You're going to sit there and make faces, right? Like, how many, you're there with your loved one? Are you there with a loved one? Turn to your loved one and put it, watch them put it in their mouth. And here, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the deal. We're going to put it in together, and we're going to see who makes a face the quickest. Are you ready? Oh, man. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Wow. That doesn't taste like watermelon. Anybody made a face yet? Now, you need to, listen, you need to do this with your kids. If you're a parent, you need to get a warhead and play a game with them. And you need to say, hey, let's play this game. We're going to pop this warhead 
And whoever makes a face first loses. How many have made a couple of faces? How many are staying strong? How many are like, I am cracked? This don't crack, Pastor Tim. Have I made a face? I'm trying not to. I want to talk to you today about something so important. Something that the enemy wished you never heard. Something, for some of you, it's the very reason why getting to church today was harder than normal. Last night I was going over my notes and I was thinking, I was thinking about how Satan, the devil, Jesus said, is a father of all lies. John 8, 44. He's a father of all lies. And as I was thinking through my notes and going over it, I went to bed and I had this crazy dream. Like, I'll just be honest real quick. I had this dream. I was in New York City. I was like 30-something stories up. And all of a sudden, I was suicidal. And in my dream, the enemy, I don't know about you guys, but the enemy oftentimes will attack me in my dreams. Does he do that to you? And Saturday night is always prime. For the enemy to try to attack me in my dream. But you know what? God is greater. I had this dream. It's a bad dream. And I'm crying in this dream. And I'm no good in this dream. And I'm telling Stephanie, you'd be better off without me. And I'm telling my kids. No, I'm not telling them, but I'm thinking you'd have, there'd be a better dad. And all this going on in my mind. And it was, it was intense. I mean, how many ever had such a bad dream? You woke up exhausted. You know what I'm talking about? But here's the good news. I woke up. My prayer today is that so many of you will wake up. And that this message will help you. Wake up and make up your mind. Because your mind, my mind, is our battleground. It's where the enemy brings the warfare. It's where it's a breeding ground. It's where Satan will try to bring thoughts into our mind that will lead to what the Bible calls strongholds. And a stronghold is essentially a belief that you've believed that's from the enemy that gives him ground in your life. And it's the very reason there's some people here today when I said the word suicidal, you know what I'm talking about. And you're ashamed, you're afraid to admit it. I mean, who wants to do that? No one wants to say that. But it's because there's a stronghold in your life. The enemy has planted a root in your life. And you and I are disturbed by the fruit that's being produced. But the issue isn't the fruit. The issue is the root. And the root... Is way deep down in your thinking, in your beliefs. We're going to talk about it today. I'm telling you, man, the enemy fought me so hard last night. And I thought, oh, man, I love it when that happens. Because that means somebody's going to get set free. And I need this message. And the truth is, you need this message. Because there are a lot of outward sins There are a ton of outward sins that everyone can see. 
But it's those secret sins. It's those inward sins. If you're familiar with the prodigal son, it's, it's the sins of the older brother. We saw the younger son in his rebellion, but the older son, we couldn't see his heart until he spoke. And out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. You're like, oh, look at that attitude. Right? And the way we think can help us or it can hurt us. And it can be a blessing or a curse. And so today I want to bring you a message that I promise you, if you will listen to this and not just be hearers of God's word. Satan quoted God's word to Jesus. Satan has heard the word. He used the word. Just knowing the word's not enough. It's applying it to your life. What separates us from Satan is the fact that, you know what, you and I have an opportunity to apply the word of God in our life. Not just to hear it, but we can do it. And if you do it today, I promise you, you'll be set free. I want to I thank so many people who last week were here, were in Navarre, maybe the, the week before. I'm going to try to get them all right real quick. But as we came into the message and we talked about physical, that being physically fit was important. I want to thank Tuck from Acceleration. He's the owner of the gym in Acceleration. He came out two weeks ago. My friend Calvin at Precision Martial Arts. I want to thank the YMCA. Listen, there's a gentleman. I, I can't remember his name right off my mind, but y'all forgive me. But he came last week to set up for the Y. He wasn't even supposed to be the guy, but someone else couldn't. He showed up, and he got there, and he ended up helping set up. And then he said, you know what? I'll be back next week. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. The Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu out of uh, Navarre. I want to thank those guys. I want to thank these guys that are helping us. They showed up and said, man, you can get physically fit. We want to help you commit. For some of us, we need to recommit to fit. I want to thank those guys. But I want to thank the Lord today because for most of us today, we have an opportunity to get free mentally. Now, if we're going to move from this warhead where all these thoughts come into our mind, you know what I'm talking about. It's like the old Indian said, he said, man, sometimes he said, there's, there's, there's a wolf on this side. And this wolf is telling me to do these bad things. And, and it's, it's a, a bad wolf. And there, then there's a, a, a good presence on this side. It's telling me to do the right things. And then Indian asked him, well, well, which one wins? Which one wins in your mind? And he says, whichever one I feed the most wins. See, we today can feed our mind with God's word. And if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And that applies physically, mentally, relationally, and spiritually. I got a great story for you today, but I want to help us. Here's the goal. The goal is to understand that when we don't, God won't. Say it with me. When we don't, God won't won't. It's not an issue that God can't. It's just that he won't. See, if I don't control my thinking, then God won't bless my thinking. If I don't make a decision as Daniel 
purposed in his heart. That means he made up his mind. If I don't make the decision that, you know what? I'm accountable for my thinking. Romans 8, 6. Holy Spirit, this is a prayer I pray. Maybe it's a prayer you want to pray. I pray this today. Holy Spirit, please control my mind. Please control my mind. Romans 8, 6. Why? Because it leads to life and to peace. If the Spirit of God controls your mind, you'll experience life. I'll experience life. We'll experience peace. But if we let ourselves, just our, our flesh, if we're like, whatever, free for all, I don't care, it doesn't really matter, how's that working for you? We have to take charge. Now, God gave us this amazing mind, an amazing brain. We all have one. Turn to someone and say, good news, you got a brain. No, no, some of you said, have you found your brain? That's not what I said. That's not what I said. I said, say, good news, you, you have a brain. Now use it. So if we're going to use our brain, how do we move? How do we move from ditching our inner wimp? Because you know what I'm talking about, right? We're going to join the gym. We got it down, man. We're like, dude, this is it. 2016 It's the year for me. What's today's date? 14th, 25th, where are we at? <laughs> Just, hello, welcome to church. <laughs> you know, I'm right there with you. Join the gym. Say, man, that's awesome. I'm going to go. Here's my goals. My New Year res. I'm going to do it hardcore, baby. Day two. Well, you know, I'm not perfect. Driving by the gym, just staring at it. Going to the mall. You have the discipline to walk past that pretzel place. My God. Then you got American cookies. Amen. Buddy, those things will heal you. And they will fill you. And then, then you're like, that's right. I'm not going to do it. But the problem is, the problem is, you go to Buffalo Wild Wings. You're watching a fight. And they serve nothing but health food. And you fuel up. You, it's late, MMA, it's late, you're driving home, and you know, self-talk, here's your thoughts, you know what's coming up. It's a little place called Krispy Kreme. <laughs> and you have the discipline to drive by, but you don't have the discipline to keep yourself from doing the U-turn. Because you saw that, that hot flashing sign. You're like, come on, Jesus. How many tracking with me? How do we ditch our inner wimp? And how do we move from no discipline? How do we move from negative self-talk to mental grit? Because mental grit has a totally different message. And I'll tell you something. There's a difference between successful people and unsuccessful people. And there's a difference between spiritual people and unspiritual people. And it comes down to how you think. Mental grit screams. Little throwback. Listen to the words. Sweat running all over my chest. I don't quit, no. I just press harder. 
that I ever did before. Going for the dreams that I have in store in my mind. Cause I know that I'm making it. I gotta get mine and nobody's taking it away. No, cause Hammer don't play that. You try to get mine, boy. You better step back, freeze. Cause you don't want none. I hustle for my muscle and you look weak, son. Yeah, I'm going for all that I can get. Kicking it at the top because I'm too legit to quit saying. Little throwback for you. Little throwback. Little throwback. Here's a cool thing. MC Hammer gave his life to Jesus, and now he's preaching the gospel. How about that? That's what I'm talking about. Made up my mind. I got this story. It's in Numbers 13. I want to tell you this story. God speaks to Moses. God says, Moses, I'm going to give you the land of Canaan. It is the land that flows with milk and honey. It's the land that I've, I've been waiting to bless you with. It's your land. I'm going to give it to you. But here's what I want you to do. See, when we won't, God don't. And when we don't, God won't. Moses said, okay, God, he got leaders together. You know why? Because leaders are influencers. Nothing more, nothing less. And he gets one man from each tribe. Twelve tribes of Israel, one leader from each tribe. And out of the leaders, he brought them there and he says, God wants us to go. By the way, that message hasn't changed. God still wants us to go. And he said, God wants us to go into Canaan and I'm sending you to go in. I want you to be there significant 40 days. I want you to be there 40 days and I want you to spy out the land that God has given us. That's really key. God told them ahead of time that he was going to give them the land. God promises you and me that he's going to give us victory. We're not a victim because Jesus is a victor. And just like he was raised from the grave, we've been raised in life in Jesus Christ. So I'm not a victim. I'm more than a conqueror through him who first loved me. And here's what happened. He gathers them and he says, go and bring me some fruit back. Because you know what? The grapes are ripe. In fact, this is going to be like the first week that the grapes are going to be ripe. And I want to tell you some of those grapes. I want some blessings. Anyone here want some blessings? Anyone here desperate for God? I want to challenge you. Instead of focusing on today, the fast is over. That's not where we want the focus. Where we want the focus is that today, today is another opportunity for those of you that are still fasting. I mean, 21 days with coffee. Hello sacrifice and that's your spouse testifying they're like i think jesus wants you to have some caffeine in the name of jesus take and drink please i I love jesus he wants you to have coffee trust me for some of you no sugar right you've been like oh you're dying listen this is not the last day of the fast this is the 21st day of the fast and some of you have lasted as you fasted, and God sees you. You made up your mind. You ditched the inner wimp, and you got a little mental grit, and you said, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. And God saw you, and God was going to bless you for that. And there are blessings hanging in the balance that you never get unless you fast or pray. It ought to be a lifestyle. And I'm so proud of you. I'm telling you, I want to pray. Whether you went one day, Or 21 days, many of you fasted for the first time in your life. How many of you have seen God move miraculously on your behalf? Anyone here today? 
Do we got anyone here today? You've seen, hold it up. Come on, church. Hold it up. Have you seen God fight for you during this fast? He said, bring me the grapes. I want some of the blessing of the land that God's given to us. So they go into the land. They get into the land, Numbers 13, 27, 28. They get in the land and they see a couple things. Here was their report, verse 27. This was their report to Moses. So they go, they come back, they got a a report. They got an update, and here's what they say. We entered the land you sent. They entered the land that you sent us to explore. And it is indeed, like you said, Moses, a bountiful country. A land flowing with milk and honey. Good success. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. Remember I told you Moses said bring me some back. Here is the fruit that that land produces. And the Bible tells us that the grapes that they brought back. They were so big. That just like a, just a, just a branch. Just a cluster. They had to put a pole through it. And two men had to carry it. That's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What would you have for breakfast? Grapes. Man, what you eating for lunch? Grapes. Sounds like a fast for some of us. But they said this. Now watch their mind drift. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns, their towns are large and fortified. We, we, watch, do you see their minds? Do you see their minds starting to change from the land flowing with milk and honey? They say this. We, 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 we even saw, we even saw giants there. It's like all of a sudden they hit puberty again. The voices were popping. The descendants of Anak. Giant. The descendants of Anak. Next verse. They're given the report. But Caleb tried to quiet the people. Why? Because the influencer's thinking is now controlling the followers' thinking. So Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Listen to his thinking. By the way, listen. Listen. What you think eventually will come out in your words. From the abundance of the heart. The heart is not the. (laughs) The heart is your intellect, will, and emotion. It's your mind. And he says, let's go at once. This is Caleb. He's an older man. Let's go at once and let's take the land, he said. And I love this. We can certainly conquer it. I love that message. We ought to have Caleb National Day. We ought to have it. We ought to celebrate it. Because he listened to people being negative, And then he spoke up trying to capture the minds of the people. And he says, we can certainly conquer it. Can certainly conquer it. C3. Can certainly conquer it. C3. Can certainly conquer it. Somebody here in your life needs to believe that you certainly can conquer it. Your thinking has been leading to the wrong places. And you want to change your destination. But your destination will never change until your thought life changes. There's a verse that I love in Proverbs 23 verse 7. I'm going to read it from the New King James. I love how it says it. It says, for as he thinks in his heart. Another translation says, for as a man or a woman thinks in his heart or her heart. So is he. 
Another translation says, as a man thinks in his heart, so does he become. As we think, so we go. So how do we go in our mind from, from mind games or from a warhead where all these thoughts are going around in our mind and, and, and we're not having control and self-talk, negative self-talk is dominating our mind. You know what I'm talking about. This book, you ought to buy this book and read it. Pastor Stephen Furtick wrote this book, Crash the Chatterbox. He talks about how our mind can be this chatterbox, how the enemy can be a chatterbox in our life. And listen, Satan sometimes would just plant a seed and move on. He knows if he can plant a seed and move on, that that seed can grow. And then the thought he wanted you to think, we just sometimes assist the enemy. And that's not good. I got really good news today. It doesn't have to be that way. I love this. We'll go on. Back to the scripture here. In Numbers 13. Now let's look at verse 30 through 33. Numbers 13, 30 through 33. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. This was ten were bad and two were good. Ten were bad, two were good. Caleb and Joshua believed the Lord. Caleb and Joshua and their families were able to enter the land. But the other ones died. And their families never made it. Because they didn't believe what God had said. Sometimes I fail to believe what God says. I'm just like you. Being a preacher doesn't excuse me. Not perfect. Sometimes I listen to the enemy. And I have to realize, whoa, 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 that's not God. God's not saying that to me. In fact, if I can be honest, sometimes I I think that something in my life might be impossible. But then the Spirit of God reminds me that all things are possible. Luke 18, 27. Sometimes the enemy might say to you, no one loves you. No one really loves you. But John 3, 16 says, Jesus loves me. How did Jesus overcome the enemy? Through the word. How can you and I overcome the enemy? Through the word. Sometimes we feel like I'm too tired. But Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, I will give you rest. Sometimes I get to the point, being a leader, being a pastor, where I feel like I can't figure things out. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 promises me that if I'll lean on him, he will make my path straight. Sometimes Satan speaks into my mind, you can't do it. You can't do it. And Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ. And to be honest with you, if you want to go a little bit deeper and a little bit vulnerable, man, getting invited to speak at C3, going to be on the stage with a pastor of pastors, Pastor David Hughes, Pastor Alex, this was his pastor growing up, came into a church that was dead and took it from like less than 500 people to tens, thousands of people. And to be able to speak on a stage with him, I mean, I'm three years into it, guys, almost four years into it. To get to be, and Satan says, you don't belong there. You're going to fail. You're going to embarrass yourself. <laughs> You're going to embarrass other people. 
You're going to embarrass your team. You're going to have nothing to say. You're going to feel anxious. You see all these thoughts? Where do you think they're coming from? From God? No, because 2 Timothy 1, or 2 Timothy 1, 7 says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. That sound mind in other translations says self-discipline. It's that I may not be able to stop at first the thoughts of the enemy, but I can pick up the shield of faith that can quench every fiery dart of the enemy. And I can take those thoughts and I can send them back to hell where they belong. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. Gossip. Chatterbox. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who lives there. All the people we saw were huge. Now their mind is drifting to bad places. Now it's not true. Yeah, you saw giants. But who's greater, the giant or your God? Is Goliath greater than God? What's the Goliath in your life, Navar? What is that thing? What's the root that keeps producing the fruit that you don't like? We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt, get this, woo, I just said the word. Next to them, we felt. See, watch this. Feelings come from our thoughts. Tell me how you feel, and I'll tell you what you've been thinking. You ought to write that down. My feelings come from my thoughts. Everyone wants different behavior, but you don't get different behavior until you change your belief. It doesn't happen. If we don't, God won't. It's not that he can't. It's not that God's impotent. It's just that he won't. It's not a Bible verse, often been said it was, but God helps them who help themselves. And by the way, the very reason why the enemy's coming against you is because he sees kingdom greatness in you and he is afraid. He is threatened. He is challenged. So he's trying to punk you out because he knows that if you will believe God and not him, nothing is impossible. I don't know if you're hearing me today. You don't have to continue being pulled down, being weakened by your feelings. I don't feel like a Christian anymore. My God, Jesus hears the Father say into Matthew 3, last verse, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Matthew 4, three temptations in 40 days. Only three we know about. Jesus was tempted more than three times. But two of the three, the enemy says to him, If you're the Son of God. The father had said to the son, the son had heard him say, you are my son, my dearly beloved son. Where does Satan go? He attacks his sonship. Where will he go with you? Where will he go with you? You're not a Christian. Supposed to be fasting. Look at you going through Whataburger. For the fifth time in three days. You know, Christian, if you're a Christian, you love God more. I like a double cheeseburger in the name of Jesus. Okay, scratch that. Do you have any applesauce? You send it back to hell. 
Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. That's what they thought too. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, you might want to write this reference down. I plead with you, Paul speaking. I plead with you to give your bodies. I plead with you to give your bodies. We talked about that last week. God's interested in your body. Your body belongs to God. That was a mistake. Someone turned to someone and say, that one's supposed to happen. Just point out the obvious. All right, here we go. Where were we? Paul says, and dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice. My body belongs to God. You got to teach your kids that. Well, they're teenagers. They're going to do what they want to. Send that one back to hell. Someone say he's preaching today. I'm listening today. Anyone getting stronger today? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Well, everybody's doing it. Send that one back to hell. Not everyone's doing it. There are men and women in countries you don't even know about. You don't even know how to pronounce their culture. You don't even know how to pronounce who they are, their names. And they're living for Jesus today. They're on fire for God today. Don't be like Elijah and think, well, I'm the only one. Nope. That's a lie. This is truly the way to worship him. How? By giving my body to God. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform. Someone say transform. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How does God transform me? He transforms me by changing the way I think. When then you will learn to know God's will for you. See, some of you are like, I don't know God's will. You're never going to know God's will apart from God's word. You don't get God's will without God's word. Why are you trying to take a shortcut? Ain't no cliff notes. Right? Like this is boot camp. Buckle up, buttercup. Let's go. Get down, give me 20. Right? That's right. We have a coach in the gym. Why? Because we want to go further. I believe people are here today want to go further with God. Want to become whole. How do we do it? Let God transform our thinking. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. We are human. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you remember that I'm human. Do you remember that I'm dust and that I don't frustrate the grace of God? You don't frustrate the grace of God. It's really good news today. But we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. That's negative self-talk. You've been listening to the enemy say you can't for too long. Why don't you tell him this? Listen clearly, Satan. God is my father. You are underneath my feet because today and the rest of my days, I'm believing God, not you. (laughs) 
We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious, someone say, thoughts. And teach them to obey Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. And I got one more for you. I'm going to share that in just a second. I want to show you a clip. It's 10 minutes. But I promise you, it's not going to feel like 10 minutes. Let me set it up real quick. July 2nd, 2014, an American hero died. His name was Louis. Louis was an Olympian. He was not only an Olympian, he was a war hero. He served in the Air Force. His plane was shot down, him and two other guys. What would have been a fatal plane crash led to them surviving. Surviving. Why? Because of their resilience. 47 days in the ocean, in a raft. To find land only to find the Japanese Navy. To be captured, to be caught, and to be sent to a prisoner of war camp. And then to be tortured by a leader that couldn't stand his strength. He would keep men alive. He would talk about Italian recipes. While they were being beaten, he would be dreaming. He would be dreaming of Italian food, telling the other men how good that would taste and the ingredients. that He was try, trying to take their mind from where they were to where they needed to be to survive reality. And so Louis, a real American hero, faced the impossible. If he thought the Olympics was hard, he was in for a rude awakening. The clip that we're going to look at is just one of the few clips from the movie Unbroken. Let's look at the screens.